0: As we consider Ash Wednesday together, we're gonna consider three symbols, three elements. One, ashes, dust. The other, oil. And finally, we'll consider the cross. We'll look at an element, we'll consider it, we'll pray together, and then we'll sing. And we'll do that three times together. The first element that we will consider together are these ashes. There's not a lot to do with dust and ashes. There's not a lot we can make from it. My grandfather used to put them on the ice out in the driveway to help it melt. That's the only thing I ever saw anybody do with it that seemed helpful or useful. But here is Ash Wednesday, and so we consider these ashes. We consider this dust. In Genesis chapter 2, something incredible happens. We read, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature." Something that we throw out, something that we vacuum up, God breathed into and formed man. He made us. Yet we know that ashes is a symbol of frailty, mortality, and weakness. Because there in the garden, even after God formed Adam and Eve from the dust in the ground, they sinned. They chose a way that wasn't God's way. And in Genesis 3.19, God said to them, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust." and to dust you shall return. The picture of these ashes is that without Jesus, dust is our beginning and dust is our end. That without Jesus, dust is our beginning and dust is our end. Here's a question for some kids out there. Does anybody know where these ashes come from? How about any adults? What do we burn to make these ashes? The palms. We burn last year's palms that have been drying out. The very palms that the kids stood on these steps almost a year ago, and they waved and they sang Hosanna. Because when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, they waved the palms and they declared, here comes our king, here comes our rescuer. But the people thought that Jesus would rescue them from Rome, from, would rescue them from political occupation. But Jesus came to rescue them and to rescue us from something much more severe. Yes, Jesus came to rescue us from our sin, to rescue us from death. You see, there's two great truths that collide on Ash Wednesday. And the first truth is this, that you are more sinful and more flawed than you ever dared believe. That we are more sinful and more flawed than we ever dared believe. That on our own, we cannot breathe life into the dust. That on our own, without Jesus, we will return to but dust. And so, let us take a moment, let us take a moment in confession and let us go before God And consider our need of a Savior. And kids, while we pray, you can open up and draw me a picture of God forming you from dust. I'd love to see your pictures later. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we consider the dust and the ashes, God, we know that without you, this is where our sin will lead us, to death. And so, Jesus, we come before you now and acknowledge our need of a Savior. We acknowledge our sinfulness before you. And we pray, Jesus, in these moments, you will illuminate to us sin that we can confess to you as we acknowledge that without you, we are dust to dust. The second element to examine is the oil. Now, kids, maybe this question is a little easier. What do you use oil for at home? For cooking. That's right. That's a good use of oil. What other ways do we use oil in our homes? Put it in your hair. I don't. I use mayonnaise. No, just kidding. (laughs) I don't use anything in my hair. But yes, yes, oil has lots of uses. I heard maybe an adult child yell out heating. Uh, A lamp. Yeah, we have lots of uses for oil. In our cars, yep. Lots of uses for oil. Oil's used and was used for cooking and medicine Placed in our hair and on our skin, it burns lamps to give us light. Back in the day, it was traded as a commodity, like money. It was a symbol of wealth. And oil was poured on the heads of kings to show that God's anointing was with them. There's a lot that we see in oil It's a symbol of abundance, a symbol of richness. And throughout scripture, it reminds us of God's spirit and of his life poured out for us. And so, even as we consider the ashes, we consider the oil. And in the book of Luke, the gospel writer tells us that when Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he grabbed one of the scrolls and began to read. And it says that Jesus read from Isaiah chapter 61. Jesus read these words. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted." To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities the devastations of many generations. As we come to Ash Wednesday, we see that Jesus enters into our world and he brings life. Like oil poured into the ashes, he brings life. If the first truth that we consider on Ash Wednesday is that we are more sinful and flawed than we ever dared believe, then the second truth is this, that at the very same time, you are more loved and accepted than you have ever dared hope. That we are more sinful than we dare admit and more loved than we ever dare hope. Because as we were dead in our sins, as we were covered in dust and ashes, Jesus came and he poured himself into us and into our world to heal our broken hearts, to set the captives free, to release us from the bondage of sin and to proclaim the Lord's favor, to comfort those who mourn and to wipe off the ashes of despair and to anoint our heads with the oil of gladness that we may not be frail and weak, but be like oak trees of righteousness. On Ash Wednesday, we see that the oil of Jesus Christ has been poured into the dust. His life poured out onto our death. Kids, as we go to a prayer of thanksgiving, You can draw a picture of all the things that you are thankful for. And as we pray together, let us consider all the ways that we see Jesus's oil of life being poured into ours. Let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving together. Gracious God, in the symbol of the oil Poured into the dust and ashes, we see your love poured out for us. You making all things new. You making all things right. Jesus, when we were stuck in our sin, you came and gave yourself for us. May you hear our prayer of thanksgiving as we see your oil of life and your spirit poured out in ours. If the dust and ashes represent the first truth that we are more sinful than we want to admit, more flawed than we'd like to be truthful about, but the oil represents that Jesus Christ came and gave himself that we are more loved than we could ever dare hope for, then these two truths become evident to us on the cross. You see, the season of Lent begins with Ash Wednesday. It begins with the dust and the ashes. But in 40 days, it ends at the cross. Because at the cross... Jesus acknowledges that there is no way that we could save ourselves. There's no way we could form life out of dust. There's no way to rescue ourselves from sin. And so Jesus said, I'll come and I'll do it for you. I'll take the penalty of your sin. I'll take your death so that you can have Life. And in doing so, Jesus proves the second truth of Ash Wednesday that your God loves you so much that he would come and die for you. The truth of Ash Wednesday is that you cannot rescue yourself in your sin, but Jesus Christ loved you so much that he came and rescued you. But the cross, the cross is not only where we come and find our salvation. The cross is also where we live. You see, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself And take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The cross becomes a place where we find salvation. Where Jesus Christ died for us. But it's also a reality that the cross is a place where we surrender to the God who loves us so much that he would die for us and we commit to live for him. And Later in Luke chapter nine, after Jesus says that we are to deny ourselves and pick up our crosses and follow him, the disciples follow Jesus up a mountain and on that mountain God presents himself, and he says of Jesus, he says, this is my son, listen to him. He says, this is my son, listen to him. In this season of Lent, we seek to listen to the God who loved us so much that he would die for us. And so as we take a moment, let us pray that as we embark in a season of listening together, that we would hear his voice well, that we would surrender to his voice, surrender to the God that loved us so much that he died for us. And kids, there's another picture for you to draw of yourselves listening to God in your little activity book. Let's pray together. Gracious God, you came for us in our sin. You rescued us from death and you displayed this incredible act of love on the cross. Jesus, help us to listen to you Help us to hear your voice. Help us to die to ourselves that we might find life in you. God, in this season ahead, as we listen together to your word, may our hearts be open and may we listen well to your words of life.